2: All right. Uh, Hello again, everybody. Welcome in. uh, Live from the Working Man's uh, Beach in uh, Surf City, America. Yeah. Hey, now. That's where we are. We are live and in color. Do it
0: live. Do it live.
2: Philip the Ref Pilkington. Intern William is back. Is he a glutton for punishment, Pilk? Is that what he is?
1: Yep. That's exactly what it is. Thought so. Thought
2: Uh, we've got some new equipment that we might roll out tomorrow, probably more like Thursday, uh, because of, uh, everything. So I think that's what we're going to do is roll it out on Thursday. Um, and do that. So, uh, how's everything with you, Mr. Pilkington? Very good. I hope.
1: Yeah, everything's good. Uh, media day was a good time yesterday for baseball Had a great time there. And, uh, Unfortunately, Igo's been feeling under the weather, so missed yeah, him so the a couple I, of days. But Scooter, I text and I to with
2: play. Igo. Is he is he back? Is Igo back or what?
1: The plan is for him to be back tomorrow. Yeah, he was out today. Scooter and I had to kind of do the wrap up of media day. Played some audio from that, and then uh, Igo is planning to be back tomorrow.
2: Um. Okay, I got you. Well, good. I'm, I'm texting Henry something here. That conversation we had earlier, because a thought just popped in my mind. You know how it is. You know, I, I, I need to be focused on the task at hand, and I just thoughts pop in my empty head, and they rattle around. Uh, Intern William, can we talk to him really quick, uh, Pilk? Intern William, are you there?
1: Yeah, what's up, Intern William?
2: How are you, buddy? How was your uh, holiday break, and how's the semester going so far?
1: Semester is busy. Got a lot of credit hours going on. Going to be busy this semester, but break was good. It was nice to go home, be with the family, and it's nice to be back here. How many credit hours? 16, but two labs, that count as zero, so more like 20.
2: Whoo! Why do they count as zero? What's, what's up with that?
1: They're intertied with my courses, so if I take the course, I have to take the lab. You think they'd give you at least an hour, right? I wish.
2: <laughs> Back in my day, you got at least an hour credit for those labs, I think. I think. Don't hold me to it. I was, I was trying to do everything I could to avoid... Uh, all the STEM stuff in foreign language and, uh, somehow succeeded. All right. Thank you, intern William. Great to have you along with us here. Uh, it really is Uh Pilk. Yeah. Media day was quite successful. And, uh, I think there's a lot of optimism. It was great to have Mike Mullis on yesterday. A lot of, uh, chatter about, uh, pirate baseball and a lot of other things, uh, going on. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, totally get where, uh, or that is, he's replied to the text, Pilk, did you?
1: <laughs> I saw it. That's, that's not much of a reply, but it's, it's, it sure is a reply.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, they, they're going to have to make their adjustments. So we're back at the original time until we hear different, Pilk. So.
1: All righty. I'll, I'll see you then. <laughs>
2: well, we have uh, enough uh, content tomorrow with, uh, with uh, Media Day. We still have some content uh, there. To get to tomorrow. That's what I'm, I'm kind of wondering. Oh In yeah. Morning, will we'll be we have... doing
1: a lot of the players tomorrow, wrapping up the coaches today. I got you players okay. tomorrow. All
2: right. All right. I got you. Very good. All right. Let's uh, go right now. Uh, and, uh, oh, Brett Friedlander is going to be on with us today. Brett Friedlander will be, uh, representing, uh, Saturdays down South. No, excuse me. Saturday road. It's part of the Saturdays down South, uh, network. And, uh, so he'll be a part of that. Um, Let's see here. Uh, I was going to ask you something. Pilk is a uh, Panthers fan. Anyway, Brett Friedlander coming up. We're going to talk the ACC Carolina with an impressive win last night, as much as that pains me to say. Uh, And then Dan Morgan promoted to the football operations general manager position yesterday for the Panthers. Uh, He was the assistant GM under Fitterer. And, of course, Fitterer got fired. What do you think of that promoting Dan Morgan within if he was Fitterer's right-hand man, in a sense? You're the Panthers fan.
1: Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. You hope he hasn't picked up on some of these bad things that Fitter did with just making dumb trades just for the sake of making trades. So that worries me a little bit. However, you know, as a guy I grew up watching, spent seven years with the team, would have had a much longer career had he not had the concussion issues. He actually had worse concussion issues, I think, than Luke Keekley did, and it's hard to say that. Yeah, um, But, you know – I'm optimistic, you know, maybe he was not on board with some of the dumb mistakes and that's why they promoted him, but also maybe he is a yes man to David Tepper and that's why they promoted him. So, you know, you cannot <laughs> think anyone is going to be successful under David Tepper solely because you believe that David Tepper will only hire pessimistic, pessimistic people.
2: Pessimistic people or passive aggressive people? We're I meant to say pessimistic, people.
1: pessimistic, because they won't, they won't stick up for themselves. Does that I mean you won't stick uh, up for yourself?
2: No, that doesn't mean that. Pessimistic oh. means you kind of have a negative. Oh, never mind. What, what's I'll the look, word? might actually be pacifist. apropos. Yeah. Which, pacifist. Yeah, pacifist. Both, but but pessimistic could actually be, that could be a requisite for the job. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but yes, someone I mean, who's a I pacifist. Just, I,
2: it, it does not go it's not going to turn. It's not going to turn anytime soon. And if you're lucky, I mean, if you're lucky, it would turn in a couple years, but that ain't going to happen either.
1: I, I don't think.
2: Am I wrong about that?
1: No, we need tupper to me, her get himself fired. That's our best bet. Yeah, tell I an intern she looks good in a pair of jeans, and uh to <laughs> <she> sell it. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I hate to say it, but that's uh, there's some truth to them. Well, here's what I'm going to give Carolina some credit here. The Panthers, I'm speaking of, Bill. They at least had the forethought to get a GM in place before they bring in the head coach. It was not looking like that was going to happen necessarily, but at least it seems like they're running that operation the appropriate way and, and smoothly.
1: I agree, but you know, and I, and I, I'm with you. I thought that may not happen. However, you would think something like doing things in chronological order wouldn't be hard. And that shows you how little faith you have in this team and how little faith I have in this team that we were worried that they were not going to do the most basic <laughs> chronological order thing ever. You know, they right. might start game planning for week six before week one, for all we know. This team just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
2: You don't like, is that a, uh, what golf hat is that you're wearing today, uh, Pilk? What is that?
1: That is the uh, U.S. Open hat for this coming up year. Pinehurst up, 2024. Oh, we got
2: it for the upcoming year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Look at that. Oh, was that a Christmas gift or what? Uh,
1: it was actually a birthday present over this past summer. Surprisingly, uh, we had some friends. Really? They were down uh the husband of the friends of the family were down there the week before and he was like, "Hey, you know, I know Phil's birthday's coming up and uh get him a Pinehurst hat." So,
2: we've Look got down. to get uh we've got to get our uh, credentials for that event. We're doing our show from there.
1: Uh, Either, uh I hope so.
2: Whether Dr. No likes it or not, we're doing our show from there Please. that week.
1: Yep. I will on-site I put, produce I mean- we can put Dom back in the studio. <laughs>
2: yes, I was going to say, we got to find somebody to put in the studio because you're going to want to go and all that. So, But, I mean, Maul will be there. We can put him
1: on with us every day and, and that kind of thing.
2: By the way, uh, Pilk, this fish up here I caught. I don't know if you know that. I, I caught that with my, my bare hands, actually.
1: <laughs> okay, bare hands. So you're doing some hillbilly hand fishing?
2: Yeah, I was in the ocean, in the Atlantic Ocean. By the way, I took a walk today on the uh, beach around midday. Oh, exquisite. And uh, here's another thing I, I, I wanted to report to you. I'm glad uh, I'm glad this thought popped in my head. That sometimes it pays to be uh, all over the uh, place. So uh, let me pull up my uh, info here so I'm giving it to you correctly. I'm giving you the straight poop as it needs to be. Uh, So as many of you know, I've been working with the folks at East Carolina Weight Loss in Greenville for the last uh, month, and uh, yesterday we did kind of uh, do weekly check-ins with them. Yesterday we did a very uh, kind of one-month check-in with them that included uh, a weigh-in, and I'm happy to tell you that in a month's time, in a month's time, I have lost uh, 22 pounds uh, I've lost two and a half inches off my chest, two inches off my waist and, uh, two and a half inches off my hips. So, uh, look, I'm very uh, happy with that and I'm very uh, pleased and grateful to the East Carolina weight loss people, because this is kind of something that, uh, you know, allows me, uh, to, to have a better life, probably saving my life in some ways. Uh, it is, uh. The type of thing that uh, you lose a pound of fat every day. I got up this morning and weighed on the fancy scale they gave me, Pilk. It's a very fancy scale. It connects to my phone. And I was even down a pound from yesterday. And that's the thing. I was weighing in the afternoon yesterday, which usually if you weigh in the afternoon, you're your heaviest uh, or not as light as you are in the morning. I've been lighter each time than I was in the morning uh, when I've weighed in the afternoon with them. But anyway, uh, every day uh, you'll lose a pound of fat. It's a natural way. It's a safe way. It's an effective way without counting calories or points uh no exercising i hate exercising although i took a great walk today for 45 minutes out on the beach bill can you believe that wow i walked for 45 minutes out on the beach and i felt That's great awesome. and uh i couldn't have done that hell a month ago um and uh and look i re- i realize in, in all this i've got a long way to go trust me uh i'm not uh satisfied by any stretch but um you know there's no prepackaged meals as part of this deal. There's no drugs. There's no surgery, no injections. You know, those, those shots are in vogue, and a lot of people have had problems with side effects with those. Uh, visit EastCarolinaWeightLoss.com right now, and you can schedule a free consultation. There's no obligation. Uh, many patients will lose 20 to 30 pounds in about a month or two. I've already, as I said, lost 22 in the first month. Uh, call for your free weight loss consultation. I'm going to give you a phone number. And tell them I sent you, 252-496-3610. It's 252-496-3610. Uh, or you could go online, as I mentioned, EastCarolinaWeightLoss.com. If you go to the website, just again, mention that you ta- you, you heard it from me, Patrick Johnson, on the PJ Show on 94.3 and Talk at the Town on 1037. But uh, I feel great, and uh, the best is still yet to come. So I, uh, I look forward to being uh, one of those uh, – uh, very, ha- I'm already devilishly handsome. I mean, let's not lie. I, I mean, that's, that's a given, but now I can be narrow assed, handsome, like all of those, uh, uh big time announcers for the uh, networks. That's the plan. All right. <laughs>
1: the, the ladies will not want to see Sunny anymore. They won't even care about Sonny come football season this year. Cause the P man will just be, they'll just be looking well, so great.
2: We'll see. I got a ways to go, as I said, but I am grateful to that uh, group, and I I hope if you're struggling with it or you're trying to get it kick-started for the new year, uh, this is a great way to do it. Uh, There's drops involved. I take those three times a day before meals, and and I have no hunger. Uh, I almost have to kind of force myself to eat at night, so... Unless I'm aggravation eating, No, I'm kidding. I haven't aggravation ate in a long, long time, so that's that's a good thing.
1: All right. uh, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I haven't been ticking Patrick off. He hasn't been aggravating. Yay, look at me. All
2: right, we're going to uh, take a break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, do a pirate report. Brett Friedlander still to come on the Patrick Johnson Show, so stay tuned.
0: And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game.
2: I think we could call this a deluxe Pirate Report, quite possibly, right? Uh, Because we got a lot of things to get to here. Let's start with basketball, and uh, of course the Pirates will play tomorrow night against the uh, Wichita State Shockers from uh, Kansas and the Coke Arena. Uh, We will have Cy Seymour on tomorrow to uh, preview that and talk basketball around the American. Uh, If you're with us on video, uh, we'll be on at 9.05 tomorrow right here on our video platforms and then 5 o'clock with the radio show. Should there be some news that breaks, Pilkington, of course, will have that covered for you in the 5 o'clock hour. But let's start with Coach Swartz from Inside Pirate Athletics last night. He talked about the turnovers against UAB. Um, I, don't really,
3: I don't really think too much into the personal accolades. I think I just know where I want us to go. and where
4: It was something that hasn't bitten us in probably four or five games, Patrick, which was turnovers. And we had 16 turnovers. We have not had a game like that in a long time. Uh, we have been ru- uh, kind of between nine and 11 turnovers most games. Actually, right now, really taking care of the basketball. And we had 16 turnovers, and 10 of them came from our guards. Mm-hmm. And in games fast where we've had turnovers, we've had problems with post-play turnovers and things like that because teams are doubling. They're doing things to get the ball out of Ezra's hands. And, but to have 10 turnovers come out of your guard play, uh, you know, th- that ended up being the difference.
2: All right. Uh, and uh, Coach Swartz on uh, challenging the guards after the North Texas
4: game. Yeah, I mean, here was a huge aspect of that game. We went into that game, I'll be honest with you, Patrick, I really challenged our post players after the North Texas game uh, because outside of that final play that we all, you know, that emotional last play, the difference in that game was the post players of North Texas. Mm-hmm. They had 16 rebounds. Their 2-5 men had 16, our 2-5 men between Ezra and Sear, had four rebounds, 16-4. Yeah. to four. They had 10 offensive rebounds. R2-5 men had two. So I really went at our 5s Ezra and Sear, and I thought they both responded. If Sear doesn't pick up four fouls, he would have played more. But the big thing was, you talk about Brandon and Ezra, both had double-doubles. All right,
2: and, uh, yeah, they did. And uh, Coach Schwartz on uh, the close games the Pirates have been involved in.
4: Again, this is kind of so far the 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 chapter. The book isn't complete yet, but the chapters that have been written so far, and to the point we are, have, have said that, and we're we're looking at you know five six games of that. Whether you even go back to the non conference and you talk about games like Florida and South Carolina, and then you get to FAU and obviously North Texas and UAB, our last two, all very good ball clubs. We know that, uh, but but that is the frustrating part, and and it is that.
2: All right, uh, Baseball Media Day. We had it covered for you yesterday on our social media. Great response to that. Uh, played some cuts for you with Mike Mullis in the studio yesterday. Uh, by the way, Molly and I will be working together on some pirate baseball games. If you missed it, uh, I'm actually going to be the primary softball uh, play-by-play announcer this year for ECU. I'm also going to do some ACC softball uh, in, uh, as well. But uh, we're going to uh, be uh, calling the uh, ECU – Uh, softball games is the primary, and then I'm going to be the secondary for ECU baseball. So I know I have some assignments in March, which includes the uh, LeClaire tournament. So I'm uh, honored to be a part of that again because uh, that's uh, such a great uh, event. But let's uh, start here with Coach Godwin when asked about the hot corner this year, third base.
5: Dixon Williams has done a really good job. Uh, He had a really, really good fall. He led our team in RBIs by a landslide. Um, He has played Pretty consistent defense. Uh, Colby Wallace, if you'd have asked me at the end of the fall, hey, did I think he would be able to play third base at the level we needed to him defensively? I probably would have told you no. Man, he's looked great in the preseason so far. Uh, I would say those two guys, Nate Chrisman, can go over there. Nate is a swing man. He can play third, he can play short, he can play second, he can play outfield.
2: All right, uh, more from uh, Coach Godwin on uh, who's getting work at first base.
5: At first base, uh, Carter Cunningham, Cam Clanch, Chaz Myers. We're also working Colby over there some because he might pitch some, um, but I would say Dixon and Colby and Nate are going to be the main guys that you will see over at third base.
2: Okay, and uh, Coach Godwin on uh, who he expects to play in the outfield. A lot of depth on this Pirate team as we know.
5: Probably Luke Nowak, you know, will be in left. Um, not that Carter Cunningham can't go out there. Um, Riley Johnson still is battling some injury stuff. We're trying to manage that as best we can. He wants to play. Um, he's just dealing with some dislocation of his shoulders, so he's probably going to need surgery at some point in time uh, after the season, but uh, Logan's doing a really good job with him. Uh, Bristol Carter will play center most likely, but Carter can go out there. Noak can go out there. Uh, JC will be in right. So, but we got a lot of options and a lot of depth when it comes to, to the outfield position. So,
2: and. And Coach G on what he looks for out of the portal.
5: Yeah, I, I don't like the portal and I altogether because it's become a corrupt business. So um, people are cheating and I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that, but that's not why it was created. So um, we look at it very specifically. Um, I thought Jeff, AK, myself did a really good job of bringing in really good people. Um, no offense to the, from the places that they came from, but they normally came from a little bit less of a program that were good players. So, they walk in here, they look around, they go, hey, man, this place is awesome. Look at all these facilities we have. They're so appreciative of what they have. Plus, they're coming to a winning program when a couple of them didn't come from a winning program. And the, the guys have really meshed well with the returners that we have, and it's been a really good mix for us.
2: All right, lengthy cut here from uh, media day on Monday, and this is uh, Coach Godwin talking about the out of conference schedule.
5: Uh, well, Jeff Palumbo is in charge of our scheduling. Obviously, there's communication between him and I a whole lot. Um, some of it has been, you know, pretty standard. You know, there was a little bit of time where NC State and us didn't play, but Coach Avent's been really good about playing us home uh, and away. And this year actually will be pretty cool. We're, we're both going to wear – we'll wear 23 jerseys um, both games. so will wear 26 jerseys to uh, raise awareness for ALS because Chris Combs, who played for them, obviously passed away from ALS. And then, you know, Coach LeClaire, 23, so that'll be cool. Um, North Carolina Coach Forbes has been awesome. And you talk about second weekend of the uh, season, you're able to play a three-game series. against one of the best programs in the country. Um, so, we'll play Friday in Chapel Hill, Saturday in Fayetteville, and then Sunday here. Um, we're going to continue that series as long as both of us are the head coaches at our prospective schools. Um, and then you got UNCW that we've played um, since the beginning of time, back when I played here, which is a really good opponent, opponent Campbell. So, uh, where we're located geographically, it's really ideal to play really, really good teams within, you know, less than two-hour driving distance.
2: All right, and uh, what uh, Coach Godwin uh, talked about with uh, predicting how good this team – help me with this one, Pilk. Hard to to predict how good this team will be with the portal.
5: I think it's tough. You know, people ask me who's going to be good in the conference. I think it's tough to judge anyone on paper because of the portal. Like, you don't know really who's coming in unless you're really just diving into it. And no offense, you guys know this. It's boring for you guys, but who do I worry about? I worry about us. If we play well, if we do what we're supposed to do, we're probably going to win. If we don't, then we're probably going to lose. So um, I just don't look at that stuff. I, I just look at, you know, what we need to do to get better, to be prepared for it. But um, I know that it's going to be some some interesting opportunities for us uh, at some of these places. So it'll be fun.
2: All right, last thing from Coach Godwin on who will be the Sunday starter. Obviously you have your Savage will be your Friday night guy, Zach Root. Uh, locked in for the Saturday start. So who will be your uh, third starter in the uh, weekend?
5: Well, I think there's about seven guys that want it. You know, we're having end of, end of fall meetings and they all come, hey, I want to pitch on the weekend. Awesome. About six other guys that want to do it too. So, uh, you know, I think uh, Shinkman, of course, Jake Hunter, um, Chris Kaler, Ethan Norby, um, Jaden Winter. I'm probably li- leaving somebody out, but they all want to do it. Um, Jaden looked really, really good, as did Sheikman this weekend, as did Jake Hunter. So, um, we're going to need some depth in the bullpen, especially opening weekend. So, um, and then obviously you got that Tuesday game at Campbell, which is always a tough game. So, um, we feel like we got a lot of quality guys that could go on that roll. We just need guys to continue to stay selfless, and whenever they take the ball, um, they'll go out there and be the best version of themselves.
2: Awesome. All right, uh, now Jeff Palumbo. Jeff Palumbo's been right there since day one with Coach Godwin. He's one of the uh, really great assistants. Uh, He's had chances to go other places, but has stayed here. Uh, Great family and just a hell of a good – great baseball coach, but just a great guy too, really. Jeff's uh, first class all the way. So, Coach Palumbo on how Coach Godwin and he have built the uh, program to where it is now uh, in 10 years.
3: Day one, obviously, you're just kind of – getting after it right you know starting to take coach's vision and try to put it into uh you know grow it right from there and i i think really you look back i think the biggest thing is just the consistency i think you know coach talks about it all the time our culture and i think really looking back it took us you know, a couple of years to probably really establish that, right, and 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 really get a, a firm grip on what we what coach felt like. You know, he really wanted out of that, and it took me some time to kind of figure out, hey, these are the guys that are going to fit into, you know, what coach's vision is. So, you know, I think once you've seen that kind of, you know, become pretty firm in what we need and what we want, you've seen the consistency. So I think really that's probably it, right on the field, in the classroom, in the community. Um, You know, Coach talks about it all the time, but that really is day in and day out. If we continue to bring in guys that will buy into that culture, then we'll maintain that consistency.
2: All right. Uh, And uh, Coach Palumbo on uh, having so many good teams uh, in the region, in the area, and that's motivation.
3: You know, I, I think it's it's always evolving. You, you know, I mean that's that's the thing about recruiting is is never never. It really doesn't get easier. That's not really how how it works, right? Everybody everybody works really really hard, and you you look at uh, the rankings that come out, of the preseason rankings, and how many teams in about a three hour radius of East Carolina are in the top twenty five. So it, we're we're competing, you know, for a lot of the same players. So which is great. It motivates you, right? It, it continues to push us because at the end of the day, we're not trying to beat. Uh, the teams in a three-hour radius, we're trying to beat all of them, you know, so it's really good, I think, and I, I think that over the, our time period here, right, a lot of those programs have been good, but maybe not all at the same time, and I think really we've motivated each other a little bit with how we work, and and so I, I think that's, uh, that's a good thing because it continues to make us evolve, it continues to make us think about how we can do things better and continue to get better in recruiting.
2: All right. Uh, more from Coach Palumbo on having so many, uh, on uh, rather what he tells recruits when contacting them. What's the recruiting pitch?
3: Yeah, really. We talk when I get on the phone with them. We talk about really three things that they are obviously talented enough to help us win championships, and that could be a variety of things, right? Not everybody is going to be the Friday starter, right? So uh, they all bring different things to the table, right? Offensively, defensively, depending on what position it is and what we feel like we need for that current roster to kind of fit those puzzle pieces together to be successful. But ability, right, to help us win at the highest level, and number two is that they're uh, that they're academic they're committed to to doing as well as they possibly can right doesn't mean they have to be 4-0 but as we've seen with our support here at East Carolina and and the way coach right uh, the culture that we've established academically if they're willing to work hard then we'll be able to to help them get a great degree so they got just got to understand that that's important and um, that's the most important thing when they get here And, and number three is that they're a good person and that's just talking to teammates players that they've been around getting to know their families right talking to the coaches that that they've played for or against, and just trying to figure out who they really truly are as a person. And, you know, if you can get, you know, 40 guys in that locker room that are talented, hardworking in the classroom and, and are good people, then we're going to be pretty good.
2: All right, uh, Coach Palumbo talking about uh, making huge jumps in the program if you're a player from year one to year two, uh, kind of in that vein of recruiting.
3: I think the biggest thing, and it's not just necessarily this group, it's any freshman group that comes in for the most part, there's a learning curve. You know, there's a learning curve to what we do, um, just what college baseball is, right, but then also what we do here in our program. And, you know, I've said it a lot before, 80 to 90% of the freshmen that come into our program, they are substantially better their sophomore year. And that's just because they show up every day. Human nature—you show up, and there's unknowns. It, it, It challenges a lot of people right at this level. So you get to that sophomore year. There's nothing new, right? They show up. They know their teammates. They know the practice plan. They know what that means. They know what coach likes. They know what you know how this drill goes. And so guys make huge jumps in our program after one year.
2: He talked about the, or Cliff Godwin talked about how Jeff Palumbo uh, basically makes the schedule, and of course the schedule's done a couple of years uh, out in baseball. Uh, so, Coach, talking about making particularly that out-of-conference schedule, especially with the uh, new conference schedule this year taking away one of those non-con weekends.
3: Going on 10 years, and some of those things just geographically are kind of set in place, and they've kind of gone up and down a little bit with with a couple of the in-state schools in, in our time here, but now it's in a pretty good spot, and the only thing that it will change here and there is, is uh, you know, if, if a specific midweek team, you know, wants to play once or something kind of adjusts a little bit. But for the most part, it's pretty, pretty set in stone. And, and uh, I think we picked up a home-and-home home with William & Mary here the last two years, and that was just out of – need to pick up one more game, but, um, you know, and sometimes we get creative with, with the Campbell game, right, at, at a minor league park. So we've got a little bit of flexibility with a game here or there, depending on who wants to play on any given year and if they want to do a home-and-home. And, home. and then when it comes to the early part of the season with the the Classic or, you know, with some of those open weekends, it's just trying to get creative, try, trying to put together. It always starts with just making sure that RPI-wise – We feel like the schedule we're going to put in place gives us an opportunity where if we take care of what we need to take care of in terms of wins and losses, we're going to be in a position to host.
2: All right, the Pirates will open their 2024 season. Number 11, East Carolina, will on February 16th against Ryder, the first of a three-game set as the Pirates will open the season at Clark LeClaire Stadium. All of the games, every pitch, every out, every inning, right here on 94.3, the game of the IBX Media app. All right, uh, Brett Friedlander in the offing. So we're going to get to Brett here in just a second. Uh, we will uh, have Philip, the ref Pilkington, right now, though, give you a sports update and a Pirate report. Philip, take it away.
1: Thanks, P-Man. Starting in Pirate Baseball, where yesterday was media day, pitcher Danny Bill was asked about his personal goals for 2024.
3: Um, I don't really... I don't really think too much into the personal accolades. I think I just know where I want us to go and where our older guys want us to go as a team. And obviously, it's Omaha and win a national championship.
1: The Carolina Panthers have named a new general manager. Former Panthers middle linebacker Dan Morgan has been given the job. He was the assistant GM under Scott Fitterer for the last three seasons. He played seven seasons with the team. The trade deadline in the NBA is a couple weeks away. There have been a few moves over the past couple weeks and another one today. The Hornets are sending point guard Terry Regier to the heat for Kyle Lowry in a 2027 first-round pick. Last night, the Hornets did pull off a shocking upset over the Timberwolves. The Milwaukee Bucks have dismissed head coach Adrian Griffin. The first-year head coach was 30-13 and 13 with the team, which was good enough for the second-best record in the NBA. The 2024 Hall of Fame MLB class will be announced tonight. Tim Names will be called amongst the 26 finalists. The Dodgers have added to their rotation by signing pitcher James Paxton to a one-year deal. Paxton has only made 25 appearances in the last four years due to a slew of injuries. And the NFL has announced the officials for Super Bowl 58. The head referee will be Bill Vinovich will be doing his third Super Bowl. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash update and Pirate Report. On the other side of this timeout, Brett Friedlander will join us to talk ACC hoops.
0: Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Ow! Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson
4: Show on ninety-four three The Game.
0: Welcome back to the PJ show. We are joined by
2: one of our favorites, Brett Friedlander from Saturday road, covering the ACC. Let's talk some uh, ACC uh, basketball and matters. uh, Now, as we say hello to Brett Friedlander right now, as we speak, they're releasing the schedule for the, uh, they're doing week one. And then like the Thursday, Friday games tomorrow or something. And then the rest of the schedule, what are they doing there at the ACC to, to generate the uh, hashtag content? for uh, well, uh, yesterday for the, uh, was the uh, first
6: game Ye- yesterday was the first games of the season yep. the first week the thursday friday games and what's really interesting is that all the north carolina teams in the acc are opening or e- on either uh thursday or friday um north carolina's playing at minnesota on mm. i believe it's august 31st maybe on that thursday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nc state mm-hmm. is at home mm-hmm. i believe against western carolina uh carolina i mean uh duke is at home against uh elon on that friday so uh we know this and today they're going to announce the the rest of their schedules the acc games where they 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 fall on the calendar
2: Hmm. okay well there you go uh we will know and uh, brett will know where he might be going in the fall so that's (laughs) that's always a good thing all right um so Uh, Brett, uh, last night, the big ACC matchup, uh, UNC and uh, then uh, wedged in their second place, Wake Forest with some others. Tar Heels uh, remain undefeated atop the uh, league and have won nine in a row. Uh, This seems like the UNC team that everybody thought we'd see last year
6: yeah it, it it does and the biggest difference between this team and last year's team whether well, a couple first of all is the chemistry uh it just seems like these guys get along i think last year that group had been together for so long and there were some internal issues that we won't go into uh, i don't think they really liked each other they were tired of each other this group really does and the other thing is uh they they are really locking things down on defense since the Oklahoma game nine games ago, when they, when they started the streak, the biggest difference has just been the way they've played defense and especially the way they've defended the three point shot. Uh, that has been a, a problem for UNC. I mean, all the way back to the, uh, the Roy Williams era, but yet this team is, is just been great. They just locked people down. Um, they, they held a high scoring uh, wake team, uh, below 70 last night. And, uh, you know the the one characteristic of roy williams's championship teams they always could score they they like to play fast plays they always scored but the teams that ended up going really far are the ones that really started to to just kind of clamp down defensively late in the season and this team is doing it a little earlier than that so uh you got to really like the way that, that things look right now they're number 3 in the country um you look at the schedule, you have Duke coming up at the Dean Dome here on February 3rd. Uh, you know, There's always a game that you, know, you don't expect that could trip you up, but you have to start thinking about this team maybe running the table.
2: Yeah, I don't know. That, uh, that seems like a tall order, but uh, I hear what you're saying there. Uh, they right now are the class of the league. I don't think there's any two ways about that. Um, let's uh, talk about Duke. They'll try to rebound against Louisville tonight. I know Roach was one of the players that was out, Saturday uh, the kid for Pitt just had uh, was out of his gourd shooting the basketball <laughs> and uh, I just can't imagine that uh, uh, you know that, that the roach injury didn't have an impact and I just can't imagine that there were some other things that uh, uh, you know didn't have an impact with those two missing players but they have enough talent where they, they, they shouldn't have you should not be losing at home should you?
6: Well, they shouldn't. I mean, you're a Duke. You, they very rarely lose at home. I think the Roach factor is really important here because I thought that Kyle Filipowski kind of got into a funk early in that game. And really, I thought at times looked like he was pouting and really wasn't as engaged as he needed to be. And Roach is the kind of guy, he's been there forever. He's the leader. They all trust him. And I don't I don't think he would have allowed that to happen. I think he would have kicked him in the behind and got him motivated. And, and I think that would have helped. And the other thing is Duke is a fundamentally flawed team in that they really don't have a strong rebounder and a strong inside defensive presence. And Mark Mitchell is probably the closest thing that they have to that. And he was out of the lineup too. And that changes the entire defensive dynamic and hats off to, to Blake Henson and I think he was 7 of 7 from three-point range, and then he went in after the game celebrated by jumping up on the press table and taunting the Cameron Crazies, and, <laughs> and uh, that was a lot of fun. But, uh, hey, it's one of those things. Uh, I think a full-strength um, a, a full Duke would have won that game. I mean, they just beat that team in Pittsburgh by over 20 points a couple of weeks earlier. Right. Uh, yeah. I think tonight, regardless of who plays for Duke, This is a good game for them at this point because Louisville I don't think is capable of of, of beating Duke even without Mitchell and without uh, Roach. I hear Mitchell is probably going to be back. I hear that Roach, they're hopeful, is going to be back. But even if they're not, I I, I think that this is one you just get in, you get out, and and you look forward to the next game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're talking with uh, Brett Friedlander, Saturday Road, uh, covering the uh, ACC. I, we totally skipped over Wake. We totally <laughs> skipped over Wake. They were the loser of that. It just seems like that. Uh, and look, the program is decidedly better than it was when Steve Forbes took over. But but they, they got to get to the tournament. and They haven't had that kind of signature moment.
6: No, they haven't. But. Listen, I think this is an NCAA tournament team. I mean, I don't care what the net says. And actually, the net has kind of been kind to, to the Deacons. Um, but the eye test says that this is probably one of the two or three best teams in the ACC. They ran into a, 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 an elite team playing at its best. And, you know, they R.J. Davis was out of his mind uh, last night. I mean, he, he said afterwards that he's in the zone. And I, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with him because he scored 36 points and everything he threw up toward the basket seemed to go in. Uh, But with Tamari Monsanto back and once he gets to start playing more minutes uh, with Efton Reed, you know, playing, you know, in the middle, he's that rim protector that Duke doesn't have. Um, I I think that this team is going to go on a run here, especially now that they've gotten past, you know, a game against state that they really gave away that they, they hopefully won't regret come selection Sunday, but if you look at their schedule, it lightens up considerably from here on out, and they need to get, you know, they need to reel off some wins because I think they're capable of doing it, and we'll see how it all breaks, but I, I still believe that regardless of what happened last night, that this Wake team is, is one of the three or four best teams in the ACC, and I think that I am convinced that they're an
2: NCAA tournament team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brett Freelander with us uh, here. Uh, what's wrong with Miami. <laughs> Good question. I mean, there's a couple of
6: teams in this league right now that you're wondering what the heck is going on. Uh, Miami is one of them. Um, the other one is Clemson. And then Virginia uh, seems to be okay when they play at home, but they just can't do anything on the road. Miami's biggest problem, I think, is um, they, they lost the ACC Player of the Year in Isaiah Wong, and they lost their glue guy in Jordan Miller. And, and I think that might be the, you know, the missing link there, that they just don't have that guy that, uh, you know, he's the guy against Texas last year who had the, the immaculate game where he didn't miss a free throw, a three-pointer, or, or a, a field goal. And, you know, in clutch situations, I don't necessarily think that they really have that guy that they look to, and they're still trying to figure who that might be out. And they better hurry up and do it, because right now their resume is kind of on the, on, the, you know, on the bubble. And uh, if they suffer a couple of more losses like that home loss against Louisville, uh, they could be in the situation that Louisville, I mean that um, that Wake Forest was in two years ago, and uh, Clemson was in last year, where you could win twenty plus games in the ACC, you know, win thirteen games in the uh, in the league and still not get
2: in. Uh, Brett, why do we look at the? Uh, I mean, NC State sitting here, uh, you know, thirteen and five, five and two, yet it just doesn't feel like it should.
6: Well, I think they gave away a game on Saturday against Virginia Tech that, you know, Virginia Tech hadn't won a road game all year. Uh they were coming off that big second half where they played incredibly intense defense against Wake Forest. Uh they had they got off to a decent start first half and actually made a couple of threes to start the second half and then they just lost their defensive int- intensity. And I think gave away a game that they really needed to have because NC State is a team that doesn't have a really good win. They don't have a quad one win. Um, and they were in a situation, they still are, where they need to win every game that they possibly can because, uh, you know, the the it's going to come down to bad losses because they don't have any great wins. And the Virginia Tech one, I think, goes under the category of a semi-bad loss. This week is going to be a big one. Uh, They play at Syracuse, and then they play – it's actually at Virginia and then at Syracuse. And these are two games that they really need to have, especially the Virginia game, because I do believe uh, at this moment that would be a quad one game because Virginia is uh, in the top uh, one – they're in the top 75, and on the road, if you play a top 75 team and beat them, that's quad one. So – uh, I think this is going to be a very important week for NC State because they could either be seven and three, or it's going to be seven and two, and really be in great shape in the league, or they could end up being five and five, and that five and one start is now a thing of the past.
2: All right, uh, pretender or contender? Let's run through the three here. Uh, Florida right. State
6: contender. Uh, Leonard Hamilton uh, seems to have found a a group that works pretty well together. They're always going to play great defense, but this team seems like it's figured it out offensively. Uh, they play well at home. Um, I, I really like them. And here's the other thing. They already have two quad ones under their belt, and so their resume is is a lot stronger right now than, say, both Wake and State.
2: Um, Syracuse.
6: Pretender. Okay, They play really well at home. They're not very good um, on the road, and they're just – you know they've got a great player in Judah Mintz, but they, I, I think Adrian Autry is a has done a nice job, has got them playing better and heading in the right direction now that they're playing 21st century defense instead of that two-three zone. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think he's a year away uh, in building, you know, deepening that talent pool.
2: I'm, I'm adding a team here. Uh, Virginia, pretender or contender? Ooh.
6: I think that they have it in them to be a contender. Um, They've got some really nice pieces. Tony Bennett is an elite coach. Uh, I don't know if this group fits together very well, especially since they don't seem to have grasped uh, Bennett's defensive philosophies as well as some of his previous teams. If they figure out how to win games on the road, they're a contender. But until they do, I would have to say pretender. Uh, Clemson, definitely contender. Uh, I don't know what has happened to them. Uh, they did get their act back together again. I can't remember who they played on Saturday, but won a big game, uh, got back on the, on, you know, on, on track. Uh, PJ hall is right up there. One of the top five uh, players in the ACC first team all conference. Uh, Joe Gerard is a toughest nails. Uh, I, I, I just think that this team is going to turn it around.
2: How deep do you think they go in Selection Sunday with the ACC, ideally? Realistically? Realistically, I would say if the ACC
6: gets five, they'll be pretty happy. Wow, really? Okay. Interesting. Uh, I think there are more, but the perception of this league, I'm not sure what it is. I saw somebody on Twitter posted when uh, Central Florida beat Kansas. It's like, how come when a – Kansas, when a Big 12 team like that at the top of the standings gets beat by a bottom you know, rung team, it's always, look how strong the Big 12 is. But when right. Duke loses at home to Pittsburgh without two of its starters, it's always, oh, the ACC is terrible. Uh, I, I think there are as many as seven teams that could get in. I would say that right now a realistic uh, expectation would be five because last year they only got four. And if you look at some of the bracketologists, and I don't put a lot of stock in that in January, but if you look at mm-hmm. those
2: right now, some of them only have three. Wow, really? Yeah, it seems hard to believe. A lot of basketball uh, to play, though. Yeah, too much basketball to play, to be honest. Uh, for you to, to for for Leonardi and whoever Jerry Palm to make all of these. My favorite thing is
6: Steve Forbes when he was referring to them the other day. He um, he he. <laughs> misspoke himself or or maybe he did it maybe he was just being a comedian but he called them yeah. he called them proctologists rather than brocketologists <laughs> that's about
2: that's pretty accurate <laughs> that's uh yeah they're full of something um so <laughs> let me ask you something uh here uh on the legal front uh anything new in the acc fsu thing <laughs> uh, i can't remember the
6: last time we talked but other than the ACC filing a. Uh, I don't know whether it was an injunction or a motion or whatever you call it. I'm not a lawyer uh, to say that Florida State, as long as they're in litigation against the league, uh, doesn't have a say in, in any of the, the leadership positions and any of the major decisions that involve the conference. Uh, no, right now we're still in a holding pattern. I think they're in discovery and, uh, you know, those things can take a while.
2: Uh, Brett, always great to talk to you. We appreciate it uh, and uh, look forward to uh, catching up with you again uh, in a few weeks. Sounds good, Patrick. Thanks. All right, there he goes, Brett Friedlander, joining us here on the Patrick Johnson Show.
0: And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on ninety four three, The Game.
2: Uh, ready to wrap up the show here. Uh, Tomorrow at 9.05, we will be uh, on the uh, video stream. Patrick Johnson Show will have more cuts from ECU uh, uh, Baseball Media Day. We'll hear from some of the players tomorrow. Uh, Cy Seymour will join us previewing the ECU Wichita State basketball game and talking college basketball uh, with him. So that's coming your way tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. Right here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game. We'll be here at 5 o'clock on the radio side. If any news breaks, Phil Kickton will have it uh, for you. Thanks to Brett Friedlander for being with us today. Great job by Brett. Great job by Philip, And uh, we'll catch you uh, tomorrow morning on Talk of the Town, 7 o'clock, 1037-963, IBX Media app our video platforms at 9.05 for the PJ Show and then 5 o'clock PJ Show on 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pil- uh, Pilkington and intern William as well. B-Man wishing you a very entertaining, safe, and restful evening. We'll see you tomorrow. So long, everybody! <laughs>